time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. It's Friday, and uh, it's always good when it's a Friday because you're getting out of school, you're getting off work, or you're about to go to work, depending on what day, what time of the day you're listening to this broadcast, but uh, we are talking about some mysteries of the Bible on the Vintage Truth Podcast this week, and we're talking today about the mystery of the Bible itself, of just how hard the Bible is to understand sometimes, and hey, I get that. You know, when I first became a Christian, someone gave me a Bible. I didn't know Genesis from Revelation. I don't know Matthew from Malachi. I couldn't tell you the order of the books or why it mattered, but uh, this person gave me a Bible that was easy to to read, and it was a living Bible, although I've never met a dead one, uh, but as a living Bible translation, put the Bible into a language I could sort of understand until I, until I was able to sort of get to the point where I wanted a little more of a meaty uh, translation. I stuck with that one in my early days, but, but the Bible is often a hard book to understand. Now, Statistically, here's what's going on in America. About 19% of churchgoers read their Bible uh, once a week. About 18% read their Bibles never. And about 45% once or twice um, a month. So there's not a whole lot of Bible interaction going on. The most, most of the Bible that people are getting in churches today happens during the two times a month that they go to church. And so depending on how good your preacher, your pastor is at explaining the Bible, then that's all you get. You know, can you imagine eating twice a month? That's just ridiculous. Well, anyway, there are reasons why people don't engage with the Bible. Uh, Here's some of them uh, that I've compiled over the years. The things that people have said to me, people said, Jeff, the Bible doesn't really seem relevant to my life today. Or they say it's confusing, it's hard to understand, I don't know how to make sense of it. Some people say, well, I used to read the Bible, but I got out of the habit. Some people don't even own a Bible these days. Can you imagine that? I mean, growing up, most people had, you know, 10 Bibles in their house. And today, some people don't own a actual copy of the Bible. Uh, Some people say, I don't have the time, or the Bible seems boring to me. I mean, some people believe it's intimidating. Some people just don't read, period. They're just, they're interacting with their phones, but they don't really read. They just sort of, you know, emote with their phone. Um, Other people simply can't identify with uh, the stories of the Bible or the people in the Bible. And uh, to them, it's just sort of like, you know, if you were to break open your laptop and take a look on, on the inside, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. Um... You know, Bibles are typically thick. They have really thin paper. And so that makes it uh, different from every other book in the universe that you read. Uh, The print sometimes is so small that only hobbits can read it. It's not always written in chronological order. I mean, Job, we believe, was the very first book historically written during the time of Abraham, yet it's put way up there with Psalms. What's that about? Um, So... It's kind of hard to, to kind of get your mind around it. Um, sometimes books have no relationship to the book that precedes it. So all of a sudden, 
you're like, wait a minute, you were talking about this captivity thing and now we're talking about a prostitute and I don't understand how these two relate. Sometimes there's repetition where some books of the Bible seem to tell the same stories that the previous books told. You know, first, second Kings, it's like the first and second Chronicles, the Gospels, right? So other times it's just random. Something pops out of the sky, you know, out of, out of these verses and you don't know where it came from or how it relates to anything. And so, and I think a final reason that, that people don't, um, well, it's not a final reason, but one of the reasons people don't interact with their Bibles is because they've never really been taught the Bible in, in an interesting way. They've never really sat under very, very good Bible teaching. Now, let me tell you something right now. If you've ever been under the teaching or the preaching of somebody who really knows what they're doing. And I'm not talking about just knows their Bible. They understand how to communicate it to where you've got light bulbs just popping off in your head during their sermons because you're you're having that eureka, that aha moment throughout their sermon. I mean, you're resonating with the words. I mean, you feel like that the pastor has read your email account, he's read your text messages, that he's he knows what your life is like, but he also understands God's word, and you, as a result of him, can also understand God's word. If you've sat under that kind of Bible teaching, then you are in the top 5%, maybe the top 3% of every single Christian in America. Because there's a lot of morons out there teaching the Bible. A lot of people that are just flying from the hip, people that have never been taught themselves, and they're just playing fast and loose with God's word. They're peddlers of the word of God, interspersing their own opinions and their own set of truths in with God's word. And really, they're not doing anything more than just building a brand. They're just building their own name through their teaching, their preaching, or whatever, right? But if you've ever sat under great preaching, you know it. And you, if you're not under it now and you have had it in the past, you miss it. So that's what it means to have someone who knows how to present it. I'm not talking about like a great PowerPoint presentation or a movie clip or what. I'm not talking about that. Somebody who has a gift from God at explaining the Bible. And if you've ever had that experience, you never forget it. And, and you, you salivate for it. You want it. And so that's why it's so important to be under great uh, teaching. Now, another reason that people don't read their Bibles is because they're, they're carnal, they're fleshly. They're, they may be Christians, but they're living in sin. They're living in rebellion against God. They're apathetic, they're lethargic, they're lazy, they're lukewarm, just like those Christians at Laodicea that Jesus said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I can't digest you. I don't, I don't like your life is what Christ says to those lukewarm Christians. So there are lots of reasons. Now, there are some other reasons that are very legit as to why we don't interact with our Bibles. I don't know how, many, how much we're going to get in, uh, involved in this and really explain all of this, but I will be doing a series in the future on how to study the Bible. So don't, don't miss that, okay? But for now, we're just kind of covering kind of the overview of why the Bible is so mysterious. Uh, there are some cultural gaps between us and the Bible. I mean, imagine you you get to like one side of a, of a river and there's the other side of the river where the Bible is and you want to get to the other side. There's this gap. There, there's this river 
uh, this chasm between you, if you will. Um, and one of them is because the fact that the Bible is written thousands of years ago. And so it was written to an ancient people with whom, in many ways, we have very little in common. I mean, we don't dress like them. We don't talk like them. We don't act like them. Our culture is not like them. Our, our whole way of life is completely different and a whole nother way of looking at things. So it's written to an ancient people. Also, sometimes there are strange customs, you know, like in, in Genesis 24, 2, where it says, place your hand under my thigh and swear. Going, excuse me? Do what? So, I mean, it's really hard to understand some of the customs of the Bible. And so we, we encounter those sometimes and we just go, okay, and we just skip it and keep reading. Another gap that we have is that there is a language gap. The Bible was written in primarily three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and then some Aramaic. Well, none of us really speak those languages today in, in America. Uh, and so we see those, those gaps. And so there's translation things that, that come from the Greek language. That's why it's important to get a good translation. You know, I use the New American Standard Translation. Uh, for my study and for my reading. It's just something I've used that translation since almost since I became a Christian. Uh, there are other good translations uh, out there, but this is one of the best, I believe. And so sometimes in translating from the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic to English, you know, there are ways to, uh, to say certain things and the editorial uh, board of a translation committee chooses to say it a certain way and that may not sort of resonate with your mind. So there's, there's language gaps that we have to overcome. We have to get it translated into our language. There are different worldviews of people in the Bible that they don't share our worldview. And so we kind of get caught in this, um, in this uh, mysterious fog sometimes. We, we don't know where to start in the Bible. We don't know how we're supposed to understand it. And, and yet the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is inspired by God. That's Genesis to Revelation. That includes Psalms. That includes Ecclesiastes. That includes Numbers and Leviticus. And it includes 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Revelation and Jude. You know, it's like all of it, every bit of it, every word of it is inspired by God. And this inspiration is a supernatural occurrence where God superintended the personalities and the minds of Scripture's authors to record without error his written revelation to mankind. So, yes, we have the Bible, and yes, we are to engage it. Uh, and yet, a lot of times, people are afraid to do that because they don't understand it. And so what I want to encourage you to do is just to simply dive into it. Because here's why. Now watch this. God didn't write the Bible for monks and for priests and for pastors. He wrote it for the common person. That's why, for example, in the New Testament, the Bible is written in everyday Greek. In Koine Greek, there's classical Greek and there's Koine Greek. Koine Greek was street language. And so God wrote the Bible in the street language of the day so that one day it would be translated into the street language of our day. In other words, the language that we all speak, that we all understand. So you are meant to understand your Bible. You are meant to get in there. 
And one of the secrets to understanding the Bible is learning how to approach it without without allowing your, your past understanding of it or misunderstanding of it to cloud your mind. You have to really come with a blank slate, with a clean heart to the Word of God. And those preconceptions that maybe you used to have about the Bible, you just have to say, Lord, open my mind, as David said in Psalm 119, that I may behold wondrous things from your law, from your book, from your Bible. So we come to God with a spirit of expectation that God is going to speak to us, right? And some of what we read will be milk. Other things that we will read will be meat. And other things we'll read we won't understand for now. That's okay too. But as you come to the Bible, you just simply start reading it. I mean, there are words on the page. They're written to you, uh, eventually to you, not originally to you. But they're written so that you would engage it and to begin reading. So just start reading it. And an easy way to do that is to read, start reading in the narratives of Scripture, like in Genesis or like in the Gospels, because those begin with stories. They're telling stories. It, it's a historical record in Genesis and an historical record in the Gospels, but it's also narrative literature in the Gospels so that you can read it like you would sort of a novel. And you begin to see things as you read the Bible. So I would say that other than your spirit of approaching the Bible with a sense of humility and a sense of expectation and asking God to speak to you, I would also say when you engage the Bible, engage it with with your senses as well. So if you're reading a story about Jesus walking on the water, then see that in your mind. I mean, let your mind picture that scene. Obviously, you don't know what Jesus looked like, and you don't know exactly what that scene looked like, but you can imagine what's going on. Jesus touching the leper or raising Lazarus from the dead or being baptized by John the Baptist or John the Baptist calling out Herod for his adultery and marrying his brother's wife. I mean, you just have to see these things happening in your head, and that helps the Bible to come alive for you. So as you read the Bible, think of Scripture as a fascinating book. I mean, it's it's written from an infinite mind, and God is the master storyteller. He is the master author. So he's going to be able to tell you what he wants you to know in a way that's going to help really touch on all of your senses and and engage your spirit. So see it as fascinating because the Bible opens up another time and culture, giving us insights into God, the world, mankind, the future. It's all true. It's like going into a time machine, and yet it's all real. See the Bible also as being a book of of great adventure. I mean, there are action-packed journeys in the Bible. There are explorations into new lands. The Bible is also a barbaric book. You know, most people don't describe the Bible that way, but, you know, when you read the Bible, it doesn't hold back on some of these things that took place. It's, it's more bloody than Braveheart, uh, more brutal than Black Hawk Down. I mean, these Old Testament battles that you see, there's executions, there's wars, there's hand-to-hand combat, there's violence, there's crucifixion. I mean, if you're a guy, the Bible's kind of the book for you, you know what I'm saying? Because it really does engage you in such a way, and all these stories are true, and they all have a point to them. It's not just gratuitous violence, but you're learning something about mankind or about 
Israel or about God or about pagan nations through these incredible stories. But you know what? The Bible is also a book of romance as well. There's lots of romance in the Bible. Uh, there's, there are R-rated sex scenes in the Bible, both righteous and sinful sex. And so, hey, there's, you know, if you're, if you're into romance, it doesn't hold back. I mean, it tells us what David did. It tells us what Lot did with his daughters. I mean, it tells us about Noah, uh, you know, getting drunk and what his uh, son did to him. However, you take that passage there. There's love stories in there. The Song of Solomon is a love story. Uh, the, the Bible is also an emotional book. It engages the emotions. There's great reunions. Uh, there's great love relationships. There's, there's brother-to-brother love relationships and, and woman-to-woman um, love for one another in, in, a, in a sisterly sense, in a mother-daughter sense. There's, there's family love going on there. There's weeping in there. There's loss. There's, there's death. There's great uh, times where there's farewells, where, uh, where David says goodbye to Jonathan, where Paul says his famous beach farewell to the Ephesian elders there's the prodigal son story that jesus told there's there's jesus and judas and and there's jesus weeping over jerusalem i mean it's a very very emotional book uh, but it's also an inspiring book and you read about courage about overcoming odds you read about david and goliath about shadrach meshach and abednego about daniel standing up to a godless pagan culture for his faith and refusing to bow down. Uh, you see Peter standing after he's failed and denied Jesus, standing uh, before his people and preaching the greatest sermon on the day of Pentecost and thousands come to know Jesus Christ. What a comeback, man. You see Moses coming back from being a murderer and a sheep herder to being the great leader of the people of God. If two million people led them out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, you see people coming back from all these losses and, and being winners. And there's so much going on in there, just in the story parts, you know. Uh, there's suspense in the Bible. Uh, there's, there's more suspense than a, than a creepy science fiction movie. Uh, there's, there's angelic appearances that are frightening. There's floods and earthquakes and enough end times prophecies to keep you on the edge of your seat for a lifetime. That's, that's the Bible. And, and we've just barely touched the surface of that. That's the attitude you need to take into It's God's word. It's the most amazing book ever written. And yet it's so earthy. It, it doesn't hold back when it talks about the heroes of the Bible and their sins and their faults and, and how they completely lost it, you know, in terms of their faith. There are no halos on these people at all. And so, man, I'm telling you, the Bible's an incredible book. So, so go to it with an attitude of humility and expectancy and read it like it's alive because Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. Well, we just scratched the surface, but that's all we got for now. Next time this Monday, we're going to have a brand new mystery on the Vintage Truth Podcast. I hope to see you then. God bless. Hey, I hope you're enjoying these mysteries uh, through Mystery Month here at the Vintage Truth Podcast. You know, all of these mysteries we're talking about come from my book, Uncovering the Mysteries of God, where I tackle some of these hard questions and many, many more uh, in the book. And if you'd like a copy of the book, just go to jeffkinley.com, click on the bookstore tab, 
scroll down to Uncovering the Mysteries of God. I'll be glad to sign you a copy and ship you one out as soon as possible, and you can get one there. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Vintage Truth Podcast. And if you have questions or, or topics that you'd like me for me to cover in the future, just shoot me a note at jeffkinleyauthor at gmail.com or go to the website, click the contact tab, and you can fill in anything you want. Send me a long question if you want to, and I'll be happy to, to cover that on some of the future podcasts. Hey, thanks a lot.